let's say you're just sitting around not doing anything, it's tough to just listen to stuff. It's hard right. to explain. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, I don't watch TV anymore. I turn my phone on YouTube and, yep. I, and I watch, yep. believe it or not, I love science. I love uh, astronomy. I love uh, quantum mechanics. So I watch a lot of science videos on stuff like that. Right. And that just comfortable makes me so comfortable and then puts me to sleep but yep. i do watch podcasts too like joe rogan podcast and then i listen to the gl podcast yeah yeah me oh. too but i was listening <laughs> to it on the way did you listen to today's yet yeah. i listened to about half of today's I, I was i probably got about there i, I, I think had to actually i'm telling you gl is such a cool show oh that's great it, it, i was know, so I, bummed when it was gone uh, and then i found it again uh, it was like the greatest day ever i don't want to get political because po- political stuff it's tough it's tough it's tough but i will say I thought I was a Democrat until I started listening to Garage Logic probably 15 years ago. <laughs> yep. yep. I shit well, you not. If we get Sushere listening to this, he'll probably be happier than hell about that. Well, are, are, <laughs> is this the podcast right now? Are we on? No, we're oh, not. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, my God. I'm just I'm foaming from the mouth and we're on. I thought this was just like pregame warm-ups. No, that's kind of how we do it. So, so you didn't even well. So who are we talking to here today? We we sneak it in a little bit here and there once in a while. All right. <laughs> you know? We actually got we we started that because now the Garage Logic ones they usually have like the they're talking a little bit about something or laughing and then all of a sudden they're like, all right, are we yeah, ready yeah, to this, go? Yeah, you know, this, this GL podcast, yeah, 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 GL so, podcast uh, two thirty five. Right. So that's <laughs> kind of where we got the above idea. Above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, <laughs> it's Joe Souchere's Garage Logic. And now my favorite are the the uh, backwards intros or whatever, where like. You know, instead of like a the man who's never had a relationship with a tree, oh, now, yeah, it's, they got now they're all trees. backwards. Like yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I missed out something on that whole the lineage of that. But come on, we're we're boring our audience. This is actually the show. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I don't think that you really bore this bunch of audience. The whole seven I'll, people that I'll, we got I'll listening to the damn show. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Wow, I could I almost called this the Garage Logic Podcast. Hey. <laughs> this is Renegades on Dirt Podcast. It's Kaylee in the studio with Well, he goes by many, many names, but the one we'll call him by today is probably the one that his parents gave him. Mr. Mark Trenberth. Hi Randy. How you doing tonight, Mark? Uh, I can't complain. Well, you could complain, well, but we're not gonna listen yeah. to you anyway. I, I got so. done complaining earlier, so I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I go by more than one name, you say? Yeah. Well, you know, there's Mark and there's yeah. Lem. Depends yeah. on the venue. And yeah. and then there's Mr. Uh, Thundercloud. Where, did the, where did the Lem thing come from? That uh, one that one always okay. confused me. Um, uh, th- th- there was a guy like Ron Lepinen, I believe. The last name was Lepinen. They were into the racing. Yep. And I always used to go to Proctor with Provenzinos and stuff and race. And I remember at the Pike Lake gas station, the, the Lepinen guy, he's from Virginia. I think he used to help like Bobble Kitten and stuff. Uh, he was in the gas station, and his nickname was Lep, and it just said Lep on his jacket. Okay. And Joey Bravo looks at me and goes, see that guy? He goes, that's going to be you when you're old. <laughs> that, so he started calling me Lep, okay? So it really wasn't funny. Well, right. remember the Champ Brothers? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. they always kind of would twist everything on us. You know, they'd list, hear something. And come. Well, the, the, they somehow changed it to Lem. So they started calling me Lem, which made it even funnier to everybody else because everybody else was calling me Lep. Right. And since they called me Lem, everybody laughed their butt off, you know, because it was just because they twisted things out of shape. So Lem kind of stuck. And That so. is probably one of the, my greatest memories from, from racing and hibbing and from being around is uh, the, 
the it's like a nickname generator around here. Like, and that's how they did. It's like a five step process to get to everybody's nickname. But yep, yep, you have man. to hear the whole story for it to make yep. any sense. But so yeah, it really wasn't a cool. My mine wasn't a cool story. I guess Just no, I, no, it's great. I mean, if you know those individuals, which you know the the five people that listen probably do, it's uh, um, it makes it even better. So what was the third nickname, Randy? Well, Mr. Thundercloud. Oh, wait, wait, hey, see, there's where you're. You have not had your ear to the ground. That is not me. How many times do I have to say? Well, That's a guy I hired to drive my. Well, I didn't hire. He did it for free, kinda. <laughs> I had to stock him up with, you know, kept him, kept his freezer or fridge full of beer, <laughs> but, full of uh, hams. Yeah, I was. I had all. I, yes, of course. And, or ham special light. The, the infamous. But uh, uh, I had all intentions on racing the car. And, you know, what was it? Maybe a month before season, I got caught in that industrial pickle slicer accident. Oh, and tragic. Yeah, that was that was the, the end of my short-lived career, my, <laughs> my comeback, I guess. Yeah, I'd say it'd have to be a comeback because you were uh, pretty stellar back in the day. Uh, I, I, yeah, back in the early 90s, I raced for two and a half, three years. I guess a total, you can call it three years. Isn't that where the tur- turbine chassis got its start? Uh, Kevin Davey gave me that nickname. Uh, he, he would just say Marky C turbine. I don't know why, but that's what he called me. And then when I built my, one of my, one of my very first Pinto race cars, it was, I, I ran four cylinders for Corey Slusher. Well, not for Corey, but at Corey's track in Grand Rapids. Right. And, uh, so I started calling, I, when I built those cars, I called them turbine chassis back in the early, you know, 91, 92. Um, where are, we, where are we going? I lost track. I lost my mind. <laughs> you got too many lights flashing and stuff around here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I raced the, the four-cylinder mini stocks, 91, 92, and 93. Right. And uh, it was really fun. I, I, I did well. Um, it was just a great time. I, I got to, I think one of the best memories, things that I take out of that now is I got to race door handle, the door handle with Bobby Berger. Just an all-around great guy. Yep. Good driver. Yep. Uh, he's, like my, he's my parts guy. Yeah, legendary guy. He, he he's raced for many many years. Yeah, I see old black and white pictures of like fifty six Fords, and it's Bobby Berger driving. It's like yep. wow, I got to race with this guy. <laughs> pork so, chop. Yeah, I, I I love him. Great guy. He's always been good to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Pork pork chop was the name I knew. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And if you want a good uh, racing story, you stop in Grand Rapids Car Quest and uh, and see him. He's still behind the counter. Yep. So no. So yeah, I got I got to race against him and. Uh, he was probably the cream of the crop in the four-cylinder <coughs> mini stocks. And then uh, there was a mini mod class in 93. It wasn't quite what mini mods are now. No, but yours was close. It was as close as I could. Well, right. my car was fast. Your car was amazing. It was the cool. I was a kid, and your car was a, the coolest thing ever. There's a reason why I was fast. Uh, you know, I was probably 21 years old and hungry. I wanted to win. Uh, yeah. That's all I did is I lived, eat, breathe, sleep racing. I worked all year, all you know, all winter, all night, building the car and, and, and building it as fast as I could, where a lot of other people at the time just took their, their Pinto or their Mustang and took the front fenders off. Right. You know, Yeah, I, that's what the rest of them basically looked we, like. Yours, yeah. was, yours was legit. And according to the rules that year, we were able to modify our suspension any way we wanted as long as we used the stock parts. So that's what I did. I... I went through all the parts books, finding springs to find the springs that I wanted, knowing that I'm going to cut them shorter and it's going to stiffen them up. So to get the spring rates I wanted, I had to figure out what it was to begin with, what it was going to be after I cut it. I did a lot of different things. I made my own uh, bushings, 
instead of having yeah. factory wobbly rubber ones. That that might have been a little pushing the rules, <laughs> I guess. Wow, well, I mean, it's still but a stock piece. I, I mean, I, I, I even went as far as is uh, taking stock ball joints and cutting the threads off of one, and then cutting the button head top off the other. You know, I'd cut yep. them apart and and I'd merge them together and weld them, so I make extra long ball joints for my Pinto. Wow, back in nineteen ninety wow to get more a-frame angle because i had my car up on blocks and i built my own bump steer gauge and i and i was doing camber and caster i was yep. you know checking camber gain and caster gain and bump steer and everything you know on this pinto when most of us didn't well of course i was a kid more but you know back then they didn't i mean if the point the wheels were pointed somewhat in the right direction yep. then uh, everybody yep. was happy to go right. and so stomp I, the throttle yep. and see what happens I, I did a lot of behind the scenes work to make the car fast right Unfortunately, it kind of ended bad for me. I, me and Corey Slusher still to this day don't agree with uh, oh, some of the decisions that were made that year. So <laughs> Corey's, Corey's Thunderdome, that's yeah. what uh, my pick I call it, yeah. Corey's Thunderdome. But it was, from a fan standpoint, it was uh, it was very entertaining. So you remember that little red buggy of mine? Oh, huh? yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I'm telling you, yeah. I was in the, that was, I lived at the Grand Rapids Speedway. I mm-hmm. lived for, for Friday night or Sunday night or whatever night mm-hmm. that they would change to every year. Um, I used to <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, they did. It, actually, as a matter of fact, in 93, there were so many rainouts, and I think the Friday was a regular night. Corey yep. actually said, all right, everybody, we're going to have a Sunday night series, too, of like four races, and yep. it's going to be totally separate from the Friday night series. To, so he could, you know, have some more just programs. get some get some shows in. Well, yeah. you know, he was a promoter. He he puts in a, put in a lot of work. Now that I realize, oh, absolutely, involved. absolutely. And so he needed to get a little something back. You yeah. know, if you don't run shows, there's no way you can make a profit, and you still have the same amount of rent. You still have the same amount of overhead. Right. If you don't run any shows, how are you going to pay for that? And that hasn't changed. That still no, seems like no. that's a problem today. No. Um, one thing that I was going to say is actually you mentioned uh, mentioned Kevin Davy. Yep. Um, I used to sit on the curb. And I think I actually said this at his funeral. Um, and the, the Hibbing cars would come by and go to the Grand Rapids Speedway. And Kevin was the first one that ever stopped. You know, I would, I would sometimes I'd stand up and clap or whatever. Like I just, but my mom would bring my dinner out to me um, on the curb because uh, I wouldn't go in because of the race cars were coming by. And uh, <laughs> one day the, the 31 uh, went by and then slammed on the brakes. And um, I, I actually think it was like the sh- a short bus. Um, yep, it was green, and, green. Yeah, I think I think that was was the year that he had the like one one side of the car was purple and one side of the car was white or black yep, yep. or something. He did that a couple different times. I okay, so I had one like that too. But the uh, the the little window you know slides down and something falls on the ground uh-huh. and then the horn beeps and off he goes right. Yeah. And so I look both ways and I run out in the road. I picked it up and it was it was a picture and I still have the picture. That's pretty cool. That he that he and I, I mean it was like the greatest thing that had ever happened to me at that point. Like somebody actually noticed that I was there and mm-hmm. and uh, I mean and that was my favorite car for, I, for I used the to, longest I, time. I used to ride over to Rapids with Kevin a lot back in those days uh, on Sundays when they raced Sundays. I'd ride over there with him and help him. Yeah. And then ride back to town. Oh, it was. I mean, well, it was uh, you guys? It was. Uh, uh, Thad Johannesson and uh, Eddie Oz, um, you know that whole that whole oh, group of the you old know, hobby stock days. Yeah, the hobby that, stock yeah. days. That was a phenomenal class. That that developed a lot of talent. Oh, the, you look at the old programs like like uh, for those of you who don't know uh, what's what's the is it Iron Range Vintage? What's oh, your your Facebook page? Uh, vintage Iron Range Dirt Track Racing. Okay, so if you want to see some of the coolest nostalgic from from that era. Um, and, and maybe even a little before, um, visit that page cause uh, Mark does a great job among other things. But, uh, since we're on the topic, um, 
yeah, that there's, you look back in those programs um, and you can find a bunch of them on that page. It's like a who's who list of, of phenomenal race car yep. drivers that have, have won everything there is to win around and here. And those were some big old boats. Yeah, they, were they, giant, they had to be a yeah. hundred, it was 119 inch minimum wheelbase. Yep. I remember this stuff. I don't know why. Right. So it had it, to be almost a, everybody right ran Chevy Impalas except for uh, Ed Oz and Johannesson ran the 63 Galaxy. It yep. was just, a, that, that was a race car. I think it was fast. Uh, everybody was chasing those guys every night. But you look at some of the people who came from that class. Uh, Ryan oh, Aho, Provenzino. Aho, Provenzino. Oh, Fat, Fat Johannesson, Eddie Oz, Jay Kittner, Todd Kittner. They all did. Kelly, I mean, Kelly, Kelly Esty, Pete Wallers, Jeff Ruzich. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know if Brad Hansen ever ran one no, or not. No, no, Brad was a six-cylinder guy. Yeah. Well, on the, the six-cylinder class, was the other, that's one of my other memories from being oh, a kid. Uh, the, the 05 car. The, uh, uh, the orange and yep. white one. Yep. That was that was the car. I I uh, actually painted a picture of uh, when I was a kid, and I remember my, my teacher goes, what is this? And it was a brown circle, and then there was a bunch of orange and white dots all over <laughs> on the, in the <laughs> middle a race of car, it. Can't you tell? And I was like, that's, yeah, this is a racetrack in the pit area, and it was all filled with my favorite race cars, you know, and uh, I remember my mom got in a, kind of an argument with her because she – she didn't, didn't get my uh, artistic impression, but yeah, I mean those those Six, days. You know that you know there is nothing sexier in this world than a Camaro, than old school Camaro yep, like that. I, I uh, agree. Yeah, well, the, Gen, look, the Gen Two Camaro. Yes, you look at whether it's a six cylinder or a late. Yeah, at one point in time, six cylinder super stock late model. Those were the only three classes, and, and the, every car in every one of them classes was a Camaro, for yeah, the most part. Right, but right. you look at those old Camaros. Oh my gosh! If that doesn't get your heart pumping, <laughs> you better check yourself for a pulse. Like Bobby G's old Gigolo chassis, the yellow <laughs> with the black hood and yeah. the orange stripe. Yeah. That thing is beautiful. Steve Vessel's uh, two tone green super stock Jim Dandy the Jim on the Dandy door. That's, you know, it's a Camaro. Yeah. That, that was a fiberglass body, but it still looked like a Camaro for the right. most part. You look at that. That thing looks like it's going five hundred miles just sitting there in a picture. All right. Some of those Camaros were just beautiful. And, well, they, and uh, they all had those aluminum dish mags. Yeah, all oh, those aluminum slots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I, I, get, I get wound up over this stuff. I just I just love the history of racing. Well, that's that's the era that all of us fell into in love with dirt track racing. Yep. And unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately, that isn't the case anymore. No. You know, no. a lot of these young kids, they don't even get their driver's license. They're not fascinated with the automobile anymore no to them a car is just a way that they get to the mall or get to their friend's house right? <laughs> or, or get to the next place yep. to play xbox or yeah yeah the computer the technology there's so many other forms of entertainment there's just a cell phone you can sit on a cell phone on the side of the road all day long and not and, worry and let the world go by you i think one of uh you know one other thing that i think if, if people don't know you um i mean you are probably one of the best fabricators not saying something in this area because there's been a lot of just phenomenal guys just working in their garage even um in this area but you know i guess one of the best fabricators that that i know um bob Royney, and now with son mark um you know i raced for him and, and know him really well and they both have you know just a huge amount of respect for what for what you did and and your abilities um so that i mean if people don't know this what you speak from uh um, you know what it takes and, and what goes in and the, the legwork or the hours that go in, in a garage to put, you know, like these cars you're talking about, the, to put them together. And that's part of what's missing now, mm -hmm. I think, is, you know, everything's so instant. You know, you can pick up your phone and, and find the answer to any question or watch a video or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't get that. Like you said, you spent all winter in your garage, you know, building as fast as you could to get that car to be fast. Well, mm -hmm. you know, 
unfortunately, now even in the regular classes, you can buy most of that speed. Yeah, you, you, in fact, you almost have to. Yeah, you, you used to be able to earn it by trudging through the junkyards, working in your garage, building a nice car, coming up with some little idea maybe to make it a little better, and, and you could get an advantage. Now it's all over the shelf. Get on the phone, order something. And it, 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 it's not even just ordering a chassis. It's ordering a chassis from some big shot who runs, you know. Right. You know it's right. not just ordering a Rayburn chassis. It's ordering a Rayburn from, you know, Joe Dirt. Yeah, Because exactly. he found out something a little better. Exactly. And, and therefore, you pay even more for, for that Rayburn chassis if you go through Joe Dirt to get it. And that's one of the saddest things to me that's changed in racing is that um, I, I kind of earmarked Brady Smith as being the last one that kind of made it. Um, of, of somewhat of his own merit. And I realized, you know, he had, he had some good backing. Um, but at one time, at least when I first got into the faster classes, you still had that hope that, you know, lightning could strike at the USA nationals and you might get picked up or you mm-hmm. could, you could go mm-hmm. to Florida and, you know, Jimmy Mars was kind of, you know, in my mind, um, you know, nobody knew about him until he won the, uh, the dream. And then that just kind of skyrocketed. And that's probably not true. Just that's my perspective. But, um, you know, that it, part of it is gone now. It's you, so technology, you can't do it anymore. It's so technology-driven right now right. that if you work a full-time job, you can't devote the time towards all the research, and, and you need to exactly. basically acquire that speed information through somebody else, and that comes with a price tag. It, it's, it's, it's too scientific now. Uh, I, I, I liked, and, and that's part of racing that's really that I don't care for. I like right. it when you could earn something yourself. I go back to late models when I helped my brother, Jay Kittner. Another uh, phenomenal uh, driver. Jay was very good. He's, he's, he might not be the most flashy driver or win the most, oh, but at the end of every night, his car is usually in very good shape because he, he's, and he got the very most out of it. I mean, he's, yeah. he's so hard on himself to talk to him um, now, but I mean, I've had so much respect for him. What he did in your Superstock when you first came up with the Turbine Superstock, I mean, yep. between the two of you, I mean, that if there was ever such a thing as an unbeatable combination, that was, I mean, you guys were the Evernham and Gordon of, we, of we the had, Iron we, Range. We had a couple of really good years. And, and oh, wow. It was, it was some of the best years of my life. But well, you, you, you remind me a lot of Bill Nye, the science guy. Because you Thanks, re- Randy. <laughs> you re- <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of weird and all. You, know. <laughs> you research the heck out of hey, everything, you- though. So, well, so before this podcast, or maybe be during the podcast, I don't know, because you kind of snuck it on me. But when I was saying that I liked quantum physics, is that why you're calling me Bill Nye? Well, that and it goes along <laughs> with all the technology stuff that you use to research yeah. and do. And yeah, nobody builds things like that anymore. Well, you know. The we're, we're, who would, who would cut apart a tie rod end to make a new tie rod end? One of, well, one of my favorite memories of going into the uh, the turbine shop was coming in there, and uh, you were you were working on a spindle, and uh, I said, "What? Well, geez, what are you doing?" And he said, "Oh, these these spindles they, they come they're bent from the junkyard. I got I got to straighten them out." That was code word for I was adjusting the bump steer. That it. was yeah. It was, uh, but I mean, even even then, I you know I didn't know anything and I, I still really don't but um you know the time and effort that you put into those cars um and it didn't matter who you were everybody got that same car and i mean them cars are still racing today it's amazing there's no there's no other chassis out there that can do that period well yeah uh i guess that i, I take great pride in the fact that i did the best i can to build the best car 
And yeah, some of them are still out there. Derek Vessel, I think, ran his for 15 years, maybe. Right. Yeah. And he was still winning Labor Days. Absolutely, it. he was. He ended no, up it was selling ridiculous. It to, ended up selling it to Corey Davis, who raced it down at Cedar Lake, Rice Lake area. But boy, we're sure jumping around, aren't we? That's this we, is what we do. Okay. This, welcome <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> I got to get back though to when I was saying when when my brother Jay first got a late, into late models. It was 1998. It was a bullet chassis. Uh, still had both springs in front of the rear end. I don't know if yep. many people understand that, but oh yeah, no, the, the, the it, it was pretty one. basic, a basic four bar, and we would put that on the scales and we would try something a little different, or and it it paid off. We could get the car to go. We could be competitive. If Tom Nesbitt wasn't showing up every other night in 98, we probably would have won a couple right, more features. Right. But uh, I, don't, I don't see that anymore. You're doing, people have to, you have to listen to the guy that you buy your car from, and he says, put this bar here and set this shock there. And, and a lot of the people, I think, don't even know why. They're just doing it because they're told to, and they go out there, and they're fast. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a part of racing that, that I don't like. There's probably some people out there doing some stuff on their own, mm-hmm. but it isn't like it used to be. No. You know, it's too technology driven, and along with that comes a huge price tag. So, so, and so that, with, that makes a great time to take a break and pay some bills here, quick. This is Renegades on Dirt Podcast. We'll be right back. Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, has been a park edition tradition for seventy-five years. Stop in and check out their signature Donato Burger. Absolutely mouthwatering. They got bone-in and boneless hot wings. Beer on tap and 12 big screen TVs to watch the games on. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, it doesn't matter. You're going to catch every shot, touchdown, and goal. Don't forget, check out their daily rotating specials. That's Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota. Park edition tradition for 75 years. Palmer's Tavern. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Palmer's Tavern. Old World Meats in Hermitown, Minnesota brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender, everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors. They keep rotating through the flavors. It's hard to keep track of them. My favorite, barbecue honey. Honey barbecue, however you want to say it. Absolutely to die for snack sticks. Old World Meats down in Hermantown, Minnesota. The Residual family making beef products for 75 years. Thanks a lot to Old World Meats. Uh, the Renegades on Dirt podcast, and we are back. Oh. Holy mackerel. <laughs> you like Sir Mix-a-Lot now. <laughs> Hang on to her. <laughs> it's got, we, got, we got some new equipment, so we're, uh, we're learning. <laughs> Having a little bit of finger difficulty yeah one step at a time just one button one button at a time we're back in the studio with mark trenberth talking about dirt track racing in the old days and kind of trying to make the transition into the modern era and you know it, it the cars have gotten more technological and geometric yeah and the the game has definitely passed me up there was a time where that's all I wanted. That's all I thought about was race car and race car geometry and all that and reading every book and doing everything you can yep. do and trying and testing. I kind of got wore out on that. And <laughs> right. I will say the game has passed me by. Well, I don't think skill-wise the game has passed you by. I, like I said, I I don't sound whatever, but I, uh, I mean... 
the amount of respect that I think Randy and I both have for your accomplishments. I mean, you should be dang proud of your, of your accomplishments that, you know, around here is, uh, it's, it's as far pretty, as, as far as the chassis business. Well, the chassis business, I mean, well, and, and let's been, be honest, involved, you were, you were been, a great driver. You're a, you can, yeah. you can paint like the wind. You can letter thing. I mean, a lot, a lot of people say snurt kind of has a lot of same similar moves and techniques I've, that I did. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where he learned it. I imagine. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't, uh, didn't appear out of nowhere. But so I, I've been involved in racing in one facet or another through my entire life. Many different, as far as driving a car, as far as building race cars, uh, even sign lettering. Uh, that was my very first love with race cars is there's another painting. lost art that, you know, um, I remember watching Dale Ampey letter Paul Schultz's car mm-hmm. back in the day. I mean, just Dale's another brother of the brush who's done a lot of time behind the brush. <laughs> the, the, there ain't a lot of that anymore. That's, and it's, that's, that's too bad. I, I what, you know, when I was little, I remember watching my cousin, Steve, Dave and Brian and Vessel are my cousins. I remember every spring going to their garage and uh, I would love watching the race cars get lettered. A uh, guy, I believe he lived in Buell, his name was Joe Posenich. He, he let, uh, back in those days, like the 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, he was the guy for lettering around here, you know, one of the main guys. He did a lot of cars, and I would sit and watch him, and I would just uh, drool over. I love something about, and I've always been artistic, so that was something I wanted to get into. And uh, I can I, remember I, I did. watching, uh, I think it was in Jeff's <clears throat> shop, uh, you and Joe, had, I don't know if you got some new like squirrel hair brushes or whatever. I don't know what was even, you know, I was just hanging around, so uh-huh. I don't know what was even a joke or what uh-huh. was real. But uh-huh. yeah, me and but, Joey, we like to screw around a lot. But you guys had, uh, you had the, the, uh, brushes out and just watching you guys move your, uh, move the brushes around and, and change the, st- I mean, you can tell, I, I feel like I look at, you know, like Bob Rennie is kind of my example. Like you look at his hands and you can see the skill and the, the hours that have, you know, and, and they're, he's old now, but, but, uh, you know, you just look at their hands and there's so much skill and, and, you know, precision there. Um, and watching you guys. Is, is that um, based on the sheer number of calluses still remaining? Well, no, I mean, you just watch, look at the way they, they hold the tool or the way that they do something and watching these guys with those paintbrushes. I mean, it just, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it, you can tell when somebody's got skill. Sign lettering is something that takes a long time to learn. It, it, you have to put up with a lot of frustration. You're not going to be good at it right away. It takes a lot, a lot of, and I, I practice a lot. I did a lot of miscellaneous bug shields, go-karts, things like yep. that, you know, or just painting stuff just to paint stuff to get experience. But <clears throat> when I used to watch Joe letter those cars, like I say, I really enjoyed that. And <clears throat> there aren't very many cars that are hand-lettered anymore. Would you still it, do it? Uh, well, I, I did that Hornet that I built this year, the, right. ham, the Hams car. Well, yeah, that was gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, it hasn't seen um, it. It's, it's amazing. I, I would not do it for money to try to do it as side money. <clears throat> There's too much work involved on a race car. All the sponsors and names and plastered yeah. everywhere. You got to work for a dollar an hour now to make a right. living at it. The, right. There is a time and place for computers, and, and modern race cars are where a good place for computers. I so you need say. to get into sprint car lettering because, like, we don't, Crash, crash. Yeah, oh, yeah, our stuff doesn't oh, get beat up yeah. as bad. But, but anyways, like you were saying about the brushes, I always used to ask Joe when he was lettering, Joe, what uh, what kind of brushes are those? He goes, oh, they're camel hair brushes. I said, ooh, camel hair brushes. He goes, yeah. I go, well, where can you get them? He says, you can't get them. You have to make them. He goes, I, uh, I go to <laughs> Egypt, and you got to sneak up behind a camel and pull the hair out of his tail. Then you make the brush up. <laughs> Like I said, I could never tell being around there what was real and what was what was uh, uh, made up. So, but uh, yeah, never uh, never a lack of interesting characters around, uh, especially the Iron Range. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Um, you didn't look happy to see that text message. No, that's very bad news. Something you need to go take yeah, care of quick? Yeah, can we take a... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then pay some more bills. Yeah, we'll pay some more bills and we'll be back in a little bit. Hey, are you feeling a little run down? Need a little pick-me-up? Got to get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day? Grab yourself a liquid nitro herbal energy shooter. Comes in a variety of flavors, a little three-ounce size. Going to give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16-ounce can. <clears throat> a variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line, and that's noble.
And this is the Renegades on Dirt. And <laughs> we are back. Our guest had to take an important phone call, so we took a little break and let him and get the news that was troubling him. And now we're back with our podcast. And Mark Trenberth, everything all right? Uh, well, not, not really. Uh, my dad's been having some health issues lately, and that was just a message that he ain't doing too good. So I got uh, there's nothing I can do right now. Uh, they're going to be contacting my brother, Billy. And uh, if there's any more news or anything that unfolds, he'll be getting a hold of me. So, well, like we said, if you uh, if you got to go, we uh, yeah. we can certainly we'd love to have you back. And and definitely, uh, I mean, could talk for hours about about all of the things that you've seen and yeah. know. And no, and, no, I think but family get, is the most important. Yeah, so. get my mind off of it. We'll just sit and discuss, right? There's, Perfect. There's nothing like my brother said. There's nothing I can do. So, okay. uh, I just wish my dad the best. Hopefully, he can recover. Oh, but. yeah. We will definitely be praying for you. All, all right. of all of Renegade Nation will uh, we we take care of our right. own. So yeah, well, something else. I want to get a call like that in the middle of a podcast, especially an exciting one like this. That's I mean, oh. just riveting. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> so. but yeah, we can get back to business as normal here on our discussion. So I, well, I was going to ask you, um, and and you know maybe it's a, a I don't know if you call it a weighted question or a question you can't answer, maybe, but um, what do we do? You uh, you mentioned you know we've talked about a lot of the problems and oh, and uh, the supply side of things is uh, is a tough market to be in and um, you know with competitors and whatever and it's hard mm-hmm. to find kids and you know yeah. obviously you're, you're into this hornet thing um, well, you know what I, I'm into all kinds of different stuff racing wise I guess uh-huh. but you know I, I've uh, lately I've been kind of thrown into helping things at Hibbing uh, as a board member. I've been on the board now. Which kudos to you for helping. I mean, yeah. that's... Uh, well, they, they, they went through some issues last year, and there are some people there that uh, didn't have the racetrack in their best interest. And, uh, which happened. And some really bad stuff went down, and it was re- in really bad condition. And uh, we, me and Mike Olson were... Some, got, we got involved. Mike ended up being mm-hmm. the president. I ended up being a board member. Uh, a few people did stay that were good for the track, but then some people aren't there that probably weren't good for the track. Um, hey, you kind of got thrown into a trial by fire. Cause I was on the board for six years, probably 20 years ago, let's say. Yeah. But that was when uh, Billy Engelstad and John Gargano basically were running the track. Right. And so I didn't see all the work behind the scenes that has to go into a track. Right. Uh, I was kind of spoiled back then. Now my current role at the track, I've been a lot more involved so i'm you know i'm juggling working on my brother's late model juggling working on my hornet juggling being a board member trying to help do things at the track organize stuff or what have you you know that there is just so much legwork behind the scenes the average race fan doesn't realize it well and right. at least it's all very gratifying you know what i mean like and the thank yous and the, <laughs> the congratulations. Yeah, I, 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 you I, can't I, walk down the street without yeah, somebody yeah, shaking your hands saying good job. No, once in a while you get some people that do thank you. And, oh, and, absolutely. You know, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you what, the people that are upset and complaining and, and, and uh, saying derogatory things oh, are out yeah. oh, oh, number the good things. Try starting a sprint car series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you not seen the dramatic increase in the hairline on Mark in the last year? I, I, I grew a lot of forehead, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in dangerous neighborhood like six head now. <laughs> all right you know if, if you want that you can just grab it here and move it up too yeah i know but i'm, I'm finicky more technological problems <laughs> um well, where were we before i got that bad phone call well you i mean we i think we were kind of just discussing uh 
you know the the state of racing and uh, a lot of the a lot of your okay. observations on why why it okay. wasn't and that's okay. kind of what led, led me yeah. into that question like okay what, well, well if you're in charge what would you do you know i don't know i i i don't proclaim to be a great promoter or anything like that i'm just doing what i can do to help out to keep racing going around here because let me tell you Hibbing raceway was very close to having to close their doors there were some fundamental mistakes that were made or i should say some things that weren't even done that should have been done that could have closed us down mm -hmm. but uh we we had to make some changes this year and uh we ended up coming out all right i think we, yeah, yeah you got you guys really had to dig in and and tighten the reins on a lot of different things well we had to pay a lot of bills that went unpaid for the previous year or so uh business is not easy as much as uh yep. um you know and we've we've learned this through my other company and you know i was an independent contractor before that and you know i even i had a little bit of that rich business owner mentality you know what i mean well you mm -hmm. you own a business I and mean, it must be a but I can tell you, and uh, and the racing industry is even tougher. Um, oh, it's, but, it's a very but business. Tough. Business is tough. I mean, you you lose a lot of sleep, and and uh, you know you're you're in charge of people, and and for you guys, you're in charge of you know something very historic, um, which for a lot of its life, not that people didn't work very hard, but you know times were a lot easier at one time too. Well, yeah, you, you, people were just more interested in racing you would you, you could get a huge crowd you could get a huge car count you didn't really have to work hard for it now no. nowadays if you want them numbers i think you got to work a lot harder for it and i i don't like i say i don't profess to be a great promoter there there's some things that i've done to help i think but uh there are some people with some really good ideas that would ma make much better promoters than myself. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you went and found a driver for your 117 ham-sponsored Hornet this you, summer. Yeah, right? well, after the industrial pickle slicer accident, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is still in litigation, I would imagine, at this point. Yeah, well, I, I've been advised by my attorneys not to talk about I, any I details. Yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. We won't go into details on it, but you and, but, you and Snert teamed up. And did a lot of good for the, the Hornet class. There were a lot of guys that wanted to come here to race just to race against that car. You know, I, I've the Hornet class really appealed to me because it looks like young people can get involved, no problem. Right. People, I've seen people come back to the sport that were out, that left because of the escalating costs. Yep. Now they can get in. And, you know, Hornets is going to be like any other class. Over time, it's going to get ridiculously expensive. You can't stop it. But they are the hobby stock of today, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And I've seen the need for that. Uh, the pure stocks, they are a good class, but they've gotten a lot, a lot more expensive than they originally intended to be. And it's really nobody's fault. It's the cars and the parts aren't as available as they used to be. So we kind of need that next. Every 20 years, there's like a cycle where it's oh, a absolutely. new class of a different absolutely. car, okay? Yeah. Right. And... and I, I hate all the different classes. That's one thing that I wish we could combine some of these classes. So I hated to add a class, but I seen the need for the Hornet. We right. needed young blood. We needed new people. And I think it really helped our track this year. We didn't have a lot of cars all the time, but mm -hmm. there were some nights where we paid a little extra money. We had 25 for that Hornet swarm. Absolutely. We kind of th threw that together at the last minute because we realized there was a scheduling issue that we had nothing to do about. It was just what was already done. Mm -hmm. And the night on that Friday night at the races was supposed to be the fireworks night and stuff. Well, then you look and find out that the racetrack's schedule didn't line up with the city of Hibbing's schedule and the fireworks were not on that Friday show. Oh. So like, what are we going to do now? So right. I said, well, 
Hornets is the class we can make the most money off of as a racetrack, as mm-hmm. a business, because you have to pay them the least amount. Exactly. So let's go solicit some sponsors, try to attract some Hornets here, and, you know, we can help pay the bills. And, and that ended up being a very successful program. I think we had 25 Hornets that night, yep. and every one of them bought three, brought three, four people with That's them. That's the thing is they bring their family. They're still new yep. to it. You know, Aunt Edna's up in the stands watching absolutely. little Johnny race. And, well, and that's where, that's where a lot of these race fans end up coming. That's where we came from, kind yep, of, you yep. know, I mean. So, you know, that was something that we did, and we, we collected almost in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Me and Mike Olson, we, we approached a few people, got a few couple hundred dollar sponsors, and I just put it on our Facebook, uh, Hibbing Raceway mm-hmm. Facebook, that, hey, you know, we're going to have 100 extra dollars in the purse. Or, you know, right. And next thing you know, people were coming up to me on the street giving me money saying, hey, I want to sponsor that. Right. I couldn't believe it. That's well, like the street we, stock little dream race. Right? With, I mean, within a week, we had $2,000 to add to that purse. And I think we only had to actually get a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And then the rest just were showing up, calling me, messaging me. It was great. So we, we were able to give the Hornet guys a good purse to run for. And we attracted a, a, a good car count. And, and then Labor Day, we sanctioned Wazota for Labor Day. Yep. And we attracted a little over 20 cars for Labor Day shootout. Yep. Yep. So Hibbing is going to be Wazota Hornets next year. I, I'm mixed motions on that. I really, I, I really wish, it. it's my belief that your entry-level class you should have complete control over yourself you should because they did yep. it back in the day the mm-hmm. hobby stocks absolutely and even the peer stocks they didn't have to be sanctioned but so we tried it you know what and you know i did my best i could to promote it and stuff and uh it went okay but i know our car count was hurting because we weren't wazoda and i asked a lot of people who did come here a time or two i said why aren't you coming here you know why don't you come race here more often the track is smooth as glass it's easy on equipment there's mm-hmm. you know you're not there's no concrete wall or anything you're going to be wrecking your car on well, you guys aren't Wazota. And I think to myself, really? You're 37th in Wazota. What, what are you going to try? Are you trying to get 36th? What the heck's the difference, right? If you're in a top five, I could hey, see. you're in a room preaching to the choir, bud. Okay, I could see if you're in a top five where you'd you know, you'd want to focus on that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just why don't you just go where it's fun and mm-hmm. in, in the, but. Stay local, race for track points. So, anyways, we, uh. Yeah, so we, we went with Zoda this year well, uh, you, to try to attract some more Hornets. Because, you know, there were nights, like I said, we had over 25 for that storm, but we, or for the swarm, but we had to put a lot of money on the line. But on the average, we maybe got 10 to 12. One night we had 15. But then there are some nights where it was 8, 9. And we need more numbers than that well, to, I think, to uh, do the job. I, I think that's pretty stellar numbers, actually, for a first year in a class. I really do, too. I, I Honestly, when, when Hibbing Pier Stocks first came out, I think there were three or four the first right. night. Uh, within two years, there was over 50 cars a night, and they had to have two B-mains. Right. No, that it, was the bread and butter of the racetrack for a long time. Yeah. I remember sitting in my garage. That's where we made the rules for the Hibbing Pier Stocks is yeah. in my garage. We were looking at local tracks and their Pier Stock division, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, and we made the rules that what we wanted to change and, you know, to yep. our own flavor, and that's what I like about not being sanctioned. And, and actually, this year, we did the exact same thing with the Hornets. We sat down in my garage. You know, me and some people from the racetrack, and we formulated from all the different rules from different tracks because, like, Menominee's not sanctioned. They have their own Hornet rules. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, it was order rules and stuff. So we kind of came up with what we thought would be good for our track and would allow our cars to go race Wazota and allow Wazota cars to come race here. And I I, I think we had a decent thing, but... Well, I think you had... That's the thing is, and, you know, and maybe it's part of what we talked about with the instant gratification crowd now, but, I mean... You have to start with you know, you're going to start with a small amount of cars and you're and you're going to build and people are going to believe it. I mean, this series 
um, the Renegade series, we own a Hornet now. And because we have kids um, of racers. I know a guy who can drive it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I can afford him. Yeah, he comes at a, at a, at a price. Yeah, but there's uh, airline tickets involved in that. Well, a lot of beer. A lot of we, beer. Well, helicopters, we jets. We bought one because, you know, we have kids that we want to get in race cars, and uh-huh. we're not going to put them in sprint cars, obviously, right away. And uh-huh. um, it just makes the most sense. And, well, that's you pretty know, cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, we we actually the series purchased a car, and that's uh, it's going to be multi driver, and we'll have a couple different seats. And the honestly, not to go go too far this direction, but we uh, um, when I started racing, I didn't have a dad, and so but I watched all the kids that had dads, and their dads were very demanding, um, and they kind of you know pushed them pushed them to do. I, I guess I just always felt like I had more fun because uh, you know. My, when I came in, my old man wasn't yelling at me that I needed to hit somebody or I needed to do something yeah, different or yeah. whatever. Right? <laughs> um, so what we're going to do with this is uh, uh, these kids, we're going to make sure they don't kill themselves and that they know what to do and they have the right tools and we'll pull them where they want to go. But we're going to sit sit in the pit grandstand and watch them learn the lessons like we learned and have a good time and hopefully build that fundamental love for exactly what the things you've said have been missing, you know, for being in the garage and for hanging out with your buddies and, yep, yep. and forming those relationships. Because without that, I tell my son this all the time. He wants to be the next Brad Sweet or Jonathan Davenport. He can't decide which way he wants to go yet. <laughs> but uh, it all starts there. I mean, if you can't, if you don't love being in the garage, um, you know, of course, if you got the huge bankroll, you know, I mean, some of these guys can get you going pretty good, I suppose. But, you know, in my opinion, you just that's where it all is you you have to you have to love the whole sport entirely not just the racing part of it because that's the very smallest part you know right. actually being in the car and i think there's still kids out there that probably are passionate about it like we were mm-hmm. just not as many absolutely so we got to yep. work harder absolutely but this this provides a platform for them to uh to get going and i i mean i'm i'm with you there uh there has to be i guess if i was you know we were risotto or imca or any of these other that would be my primary concern is where are the rest of our racers going to come from? Because these ones are only going to last so long and they're shrinking by the, by the year. I mean, uh-huh. I just ran the numbers on, on all the classes for, and not just Wazota, but you know, uh, like Jackson and sprint cars. And, um, I don't, it took me like four days to make a, like a PowerPoint presentation for who's your tire. And, um, basically, I mean, everything is down, you know, 25% across yeah. the board since 2016. I mean, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. And what what do you think that is? Why why do you think? Um, Xbox. Uh, well, I, honestly, um, you know, and and I what I don't want to do is I don't want to have you in here to to bang the sprint car drum or anything like that. But the reason that we went this way, or the reason that I went this way, because I would love to have put this much effort into fixing what we have, but I couldn't find a way to beat the equation that your wallet produced results and with the sprint cars you know my sprint cars from the year 2000 and um the the motor uh the motor now was was built in buell um by by eric at perfect perfect performance but um a lot of our stuff is built in garages um you know they buy rollers for fairly cheap and you don't you know with the lower horsepower you don't need brand new stuff and it doesn't matter i mean so we have guys that have you know, like the Harry Hansen, you know, they have a lot of money into that car and it's a brand new car and whatever, but that doesn't equal results. We go, um, you know, it was kind of skewed at the beginning because we had different motor packages, but, um, you know, we go around with the UMSS and, um, 
you know, we ran against four barrel cars and 305 injected cars and um, a bunch of them all wingless. And, uh, you know, the top three were two barrel cars in our configuration, and I was one of them. And uh, so, you know, from a racer standpoint, I guess my the, the biggest thing is that I got tired of getting beat in my late model one by my own car because I wasn't smart enough to adjust it correctly. Um, and two, you know, I couldn't afford to buy anything else and still have a family and try and run a business and everything else. And so I was going to quit. And then we found this and that's the only, you know, I love it. And I love the people and the culture we have. And we've got so many people coming in now that wouldn't have otherwise, cause they, they kind of feel the same way, but, um, I don't know how to fix the rest of it or I would have did, I would have went that direction, honestly, because I, I miss late models. I, I loved them and I loved the, the people and, um, you know, the challenge series races and hanging out with, you know, Pat Doris, you know, like my idol and I can talk to him just like we're talking now and, and, uh, that's awesome, but I don't really get the opportunity anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I miss all that, but this was, this was what I found that, that we could help with. So, so back to my original question why why are the numbers down oh, i'm sorry <laughs> um i randy, i, I r- think rim shot randy <laughs> no oh come on <laughs> i think uh i think that they're down um because racing has lost its entertainment value um because like you said we have to compete um it's not just it's not just phenomenal racing like it once was um even if you get a good you know, the technology, the cars are, I don't think you can point to one thing, but I think the, the cars are better than the racetracks. Um, they, they, they have trouble, you know, us, us drivers have trouble putting on a good show anymore. Um, and then the more money, this was what I saw at TRC that, that really started scaring me was that, uh, we've already all spent more money than what we had to spend and we didn't necessarily get the results that we wanted. So now we're trying to justify the money that we spent. So we're spending more. So in the meantime, what's happening is that I'm covering all my stuff up and I'm not helping you with your stuff. And we're not communicating when the races are done, everybody gets in their truck and they take off and nobody talks anymore. So the whole culture is going away. Well, part of that, you can see that from the grandstands. And then of course the people we're trying to entertain or draw to the racetrack are used to just clicking on their phone and being entertained and, and yeah. we can't do that anymore. You know, so. and I, I really agree with that too is now, I mean, people are putting out some big bucks for the information they get. So they're covering their car. They don't want that information to sneak out. So that's right. why they're covering their car being so secretive. And that kind of puts walls up between race racers. Absolutely. You know, you walk by a guy's car and he's covering it up so you don't, you don't glance on. It's like you start to maybe not really want to chat with that guy now. Well, and something Harry Hansen and I talked about um, when we both got on the sprint cars, the, uh, one of the things that, that bothers him now. And when, when I got into late models and, and, uh, you would know a lot of this, the, there was kind of a pecking order. Like you didn't just get in a late model and, and run up front first off. And I mean, you, you got bowled out of the way if you were, if you were holding somebody up, cause you don't have time, you got to get to the front. Um, you had to earn that respect. And then once you did, you kind of were accepted into the group, you know, and I, I can remember my first couple of nights of late models in Hibbing, you know, when you get to green, all the cars kind of peel down and you could see them doors, you know, and there's the seven and the 16 and the 24 and, you know, all of these cars that you've looked up to, the one W, you know, all these guys that I watched, um, and now you're out there with them, but it's, you weren't in the club yet. You know what I mean? And I remember Harry used to move me every single time he went past me and I, there's nothing you could do about it cause he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finally got fast enough that he couldn't get away and I got him back. And I passed them back, and that's how we finished that night. And uh, 
I don't know that him and I ever touched again until we rolled each other over in a sprint car. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, but at that point, then then uh, you could talk to everybody and you were part of the club. And that was one thing that Harry said he was frustrated with. Uh, and I don't mean to put words in his mouth, but that's that, that was what I got out of it was that, you know, now you could just purchase that and a guy who hadn't, you know, kind of learned the rope, so to speak, um, now, you know, has a good night and he goes out and wins. And it's like, well, this is easy, you know. Well, no, it wasn't. You used to have to put in your dues, spend a that's lot of a, that's time. That's exactly, that's what I was earn, trying to say. To earn the ability to be quick. And, and I mean, I don't know how to say this without so, coming sounding bad, but I see people out there winning races, winning big races, mm-hmm. that I don't even know if they know how to check no. air pressure. No. You know what well, I'm and saying? It's, and honestly, I mean, I'll say it, it's our podcast. I mean, it's... It's insulting, kind of. I mean, it has to be for someone like you. I would be if I was you. With the with the amount of time and skill that you've had into everything, um, it's the, like I said. As a driver, I was I was very frustrated because I mean, I literally, uh, we, you know, at TRC we did all that stuff, you know, bump steer and all everything with the with the late model, and we'd be good. But then, you know, you don't have the right shocks, or you click them the wrong direction, or whatever, you know. And it just finally got to that that mountain was insurmountable because those guys had so much experience and so many cars on the racetrack. Um, you know, they just, you, you can't beat them anymore. You know, and the state of racing has gotten so expensive and so technical. And, you know, I love late models and stuff. But I go back, I, I was watching some videos some people had posted on that vintage page of mine on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think Sloan Pickett, maybe. His dad used to race. Uh, yeah, Pat Pickett. Uh, uh, yeah, he yeah, used to race Ford. that old Ford street <laughs> claimer. Awesome. Oh, that thing was sweet. <laughs> yeah, through the fence I, I'm, and I'm watch, right back. I'm watching some of these races, and I think Corey had like three car, three classes at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're all junk classes. You know, Pintos, Mustangs, Impalas, yep. Monte Carlo. They're all stock-bodied, junkyard cars. There's nothing fancy about any of them. And the stands were packed. People yep. were on their feet screaming and cheering, and you know. Yep. To me... That's racing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it, everybody's got these uh, big, huge transporters. You don't even know who it is. Right after the race, they load up, they leave. They're exotic parts, and they're yeah. yeah. And, and and you I, know, I, one of the coolest places that we go is Bemidji, honestly, because they. I like it up there. It's very relaxed. And yeah, and it's like when when we unloaded there the first time. I hadn't been there in years. Um, <laughs> And we unloaded there, and it was like stepping, you know, off your time machine. Like, I mean, instead of a sprint car, I was rolling a street stock off the trailer, you know, and, yeah. and ready to go do battle. And they scream, you know, they eat chicken, and they scream for yeah. every class, every, you know, kind of car that there yep. is. They race yep. there. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, what's right or wrong. I'm just saying that the people genuinely seem to enjoy themselves. Um, and the racers, I mean, there there's maybe 10 or 15 enclosed trailers in the whole pit area, and yeah. it's, it's stuffed, you know. I mean, it, 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 We've came a long way, but how far have we really came? Absolutely. You know? Well, and that's part of the problem is that we're... I think enclosed know. trailers have hurt racing. Absolutely, they have. Well, well I, I was going to sit on the curb to watch enclosed trailers go by. Exactly. You, <laughs> you wouldn't have known if there was bread in there or foam peanuts. Right. You know, right. and that's half of the vehicles these days. You don't know it's a race car. Race cars used to advertise themselves mm-hmm. going down the highway. Now you hardly ever see any. No, I... That, that was kind of a racer's own nightmare kind of deal, because... There got to be too much shenanigans in the pits where guys would go s- snipe somebody else's yeah. steering wheel. It's the nature of the beast. You can't blame them. 
or you go out of town for a race, you don't want your car sitting out in the rain. Well, and part of that is the money that you've put into it, though. I mean, that's it. It all kind of. I mean, yeah, lost steering wheels, uh, (laughs) stuff being put in people's fuel cells. You know, uh, sabotage. Yeah, that that's part of the reason why they got the enclosed trailer. And and when you're at the track and it starts raining, it's a heck of a lot nicer to be sitting in that enclosed trailer with your buddies, rather than standing outside in the rain or going in your pickup truck and all the windows are fogged up. Right. Well, and you're, uh, I mean, you've put so many, you know, you got a $60,000 race car sitting there and you're, you know, you're just going to let it sit in the rain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or sit outside and, you know, overnight. Yep. I mean, yep. you do just, with your $60,000 street car. Oh, what's but it's, what's made the difference? it's designed for that. <laughs> right. What's the Windshield, difference? Windshields. It's all metal. It's all but, the same parts. What's the, what's the difference? Come on, Randy. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, we got a theme going here. Yeah. We're gonna kick you out. We're gonna kick you off your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, show me what button to. Look. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree though. I think all of those things have uh, have changed. I mean, and what is there for the kids to get excited about if they can't see the race cars or they're not? I mean, honestly, all all classes need to work harder. Um, to promote themselves if they want to continue to to be around and do what they're doing. Well, that's what, one of the things I was wondering about when you told me that you bought the series had bought that Hornet. How many of the other kids Peyton's age uh, that the the car is designed for? How many of the other kids in in their age range are going to go? Well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how do I get to see this? Can I get a shot in it, or are they just going to be like and go sit on their Xbox? I think if you catch them early enough, I mean. You know, I live in a 10-year-old culture world right now, you know, at home. Um, and so as buddies that come over and stuff, I mean, they're interested in everything. But you can see them, you know, of course, they want to be on their phone and they want to play Fortnite and whatever. But, right. um, you know, when it's like, hey, you could drive a race car. Well, that's that's still cool, you know. Um, but, you know, they get in that, like hockey is still really big um, or, or some sports stuff. But, you know, once there's so many activities now they're so busy. Um, they don't, I mean, it's hard to find time for my own kid to, to work on his racing snowmobile. You know, that's mm-hmm. what he does in the winter or, uh, to teach him stuff in the garage or whatever. I mean, it just, the, and that's the world. It's just so busy. I hear you. So, but where's that cricket button, Randy? That one's going to be used a lot. <laughs> yeah. That one, that one's going to wear that button out. I don't know. We'll try for that one a little more often. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else? Uh, what else, Mark? I mean, obviously. Uh, so that's all downer stuff. Let's, yeah, let's talk yeah. about enough of the, enough positive of the downer stuff. stuff. Enough of the so, downer stuff. You said earlier today that you brought your schedule with. Well, uh, we're, we're formulating our schedule for the 2020 season at Hibbing, uh, and it, just to talk about like what we've got coming up. And, you know, kind of a rough draft of our season, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I brought it. And we do have two shows for the Renegades this year. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate that. Uh, It's looking like practice night is going to be May 9th. And then we're going to have, like, three regular nights in a row after that. Each night's going to have some special thing going on. we got, like, a lot of different kid activities around, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what they've done at at, at many tracks for many years. Mm -hmm. So we're just carrying on that to try to keep kids involved. Oh, that's... You know, like the kid, kids' bus rides. Uh, and actually what we're bringing back, we're going to hopefully bring back this year is actual kids' rides 
Remember when you were a little kid? Oh, in, in the Hornet class? So kids' many rides times. disappeared for so many years. Yeah. I think because back in the day, every vehicle was an open cockpit vehicle. Right. Yep. So you could hop in and sit right next to Lauren Tardy and take a trip around the track. I remember <laughs> Which that. Which was the coolest thing ever. Yes. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden when the aluminum body square box cars showed up, you can't throw a kid on a decking so he slides off in the corner, right? So <laughs> that was the end of kids' rides. Well, now with, with Hornets and Pierce Knocks, I think we can do kids' rides again. I think that's a great idea. Yep. So love that idea. We, we, we plan on doing kid uh, a, a kids' rides night. Yep. And, you know, I, I love doing that. Can uh, you bring back, was it Don Hankey in the front stretch? Oh, I love can you, Don Hankey. Can you bring him back? See, there's another thing that just drives me nuts. I'm old school. I, I love, give me Don Hankey on the front stretch and two old school lap counters up, yes. in, up in the pit booth, and yes. I'll take that any day over all this uh, receiver, transponder, loop in the track, computer. Nobody even, know, <laughs> nobody even knows how it. to sign people up or drop people. Yep. Uh, Carly Engelstead, she takes care of that for us down in the pit building, and she does a marvelous job at that. You you, you got to be a rocket scientist to, to know how to do all that. Right. Back in the old days, g- give me a bingo tumbler so everybody get, can draw and right. give me Don Hankey on the front stretch. And, You've and, lost part of the show. That and, was yeah, part Don, of the Don show. Don was part of the show. You know, you know and yeah. Debbie Lubatina up in the grandstands yeah, yeah. doing lap counting. She, she does a phenomenal job of, of manual lap counting. And I think she still does in Rapids, doesn't she? I, I think so because Rapids does not have transponders. Not yet. They're yeah. talking about it, though. I know. I, I think the receiver is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. relatively cheap. They can talk to you and tell the drivers what to do. It's a safety thing. They can say, hey, you know, somebody's upside down in corner one. Slow right. down. Or, right. You know, this other stuff is just, like I say, once again, it, it, it's we've came a long way, but how far did it really bring us? But I hate it from, uh, you know, because you, you get the guy, you'd have the crash, right? And <laughs> both guys pull up to the line like they're, you know, yeah. and then you got the decision, of course. And then, uh, you know, Don always had to, you know, listen into his headphones a little like, mm-hmm. wait, and then somebody inch forward and he'd tell him to stop, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then that was the one to the back and the guys are revving their yeah. motors. And, oh, man, but that was, I'll take that was the, part of the show. I'll take that any day over this modern situation we have we used to oh, call absolutely. it the hanky hula <laughs> and donna get out there and start doing the hanky hula <laughs> don was one of the guys that i did do a video interview with for my uh, vintage page yeah I, I interviewed maybe i don't know 12 15 oh you did a phenomenal job i, lo- I love doing awesome. it to be able to sit down and talk with some of these people about their racing career is just a privilege to me uh, i just yeah. did uh just did one tommy nesbitt over labor day weekend really and, um you know don oz roger carlson bob girardi uh, John Schultz, John Broking, Harry the Horse Thief Johnson, which I, I say again is the best name in, oh, name in racing. Uh, Ted Carlson, you know, just some of these pioneers of the sport to be well, able to sit down with them and talk to them, I think is pretty to dang cool. Document it. I mean, I mean, just the experience or, or seeing it, but I mean, to now have that documented because that's it's like I was talking about with you know with with the skilled like when those people you know God forbid pass away, you know that's a whole. It's, it's a whole so era that's gone. It's lost. Yep, yep. And, and, so to have so that on I, camera is awesome. I, and I, you know, it, it's saved on, on the Facebook page, but who knows how long that's going to be around, right? Right. Uh, so I have been saving them on, uh, what do you call them, thumb drives or whatever. You know, yep. I'm, I'm yep. not very savvy at that, but I have been saving those interviews. That's awesome. Just so I have them forever. But, yeah, I would love to be able to go back in time and listen to an interview like that with Freddie Fran or oh, even yeah. some of the old school racers like yep. Lenny Pistelli, the people, you know, Carl Lindquist, Carl Friend, mm-hmm. you know. So right. as far as preserving the history so people in the future can look back on those, I think that's kind of a neat aspect of it too. Oh, no, it's, that, that was great work that you did. But, okay. Anyway, here's well, yeah, we, we, 
Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we keep peeling, you keep peeling off yeah, your yeah, schedule. We, got, okay, we, uh, we do a lot of tangent things and, here. And we're also going to do a military appreciation night. We, we've already contacted the four branches awesome of the military, idea. and they're going to show up. And, and I believe the Navy has like a bounce house thing and a rock wall climb thing they might yeah, be bringing. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, so then one branch of the military hears that the other one's, oh, they want to outdo them. So hopefully it creates some competition amongst them. So they, they come there and they have these activities for the kids. We're going to have a civil war in the yeah, parking yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> what kid's a rocket launcher? Everybody's entertained. That's yeah. like, but, uh, hey, as long as that rocket launcher is firing shirts, we're good. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. But we're, we're we're going to uh, do something for them. We're not exactly sure yet. Maybe a discounted price for sure to get in. And then we're thinking of like, you know, giving them a, a, a ticket so they can get like a free hot dog and pop or, yeah. so, you know, yeah. something like that. Uh, j- just to g- give a little back to those guys who give so Absolutely. much for us, you know. Absolutely. Right. And then we're also going to do a night similar to that. But we have not contacted them yet. So I, I, I can't say we're going to, but we would like to. And we plan on it is to do like a, a, a policeman fire fireman appreciation night where maybe they can bring down some stuff that the kids would like to look at and even okay. you know like the canine maybe or something or, or the yeah, dare yeah. the or dare officer the, or yeah and, you know maybe a fire truck and right you know stuff like that no that's that like i said entertainment is everything yeah. and the and, kids are the key to that yep. and then we're gonna have you know the autograph night too where a lot of kids like to go down the front stretch talk yep. to the drivers yep. get an autograph get pictures the, get suckers all that stuff the fans and the drivers need to interact and unfortunately you can't do that by just walking in the pits after the races anymore well, and they it doesn't seem like as many people go in the pits as you i remember the pits i, I used to just there used to be people lined up by the fence and as soon as the last feature is done yeah. everybody run across the front stretch you know your right. shoes would rip off your feet because the track was so sticky <laughs> oh no, don't say that you'll, you'll anger some people well, that, you yeah. can't have that no more you know i i prefer smooth drive tracks mm-hmm. I, I think it brings out more of a driver and you know blah blah mm-hmm. blah but you know a good old-fashioned fast tracking once in a while either. you know there should but, be a good mix is my opinion it shouldn't you shouldn't yeah. know what you're gonna have you know what i night. think you know what i think that is though is you can water the heck out of these some of these tracks and it don't make a difference i think the technology of the suspension is hooking these cars up so good it's got to take it out on something yeah it, and it takes it out on the tires and the yeah. track yeah absolutely ba- back in the day with a 454 under the hood and f- five inch wide tires you were <laughs> hooking that out just, just <laughs> wailing down the front stretch you know stick, yeah, yeah. Th- th- those weren't gonna those weren't gonna seal a track over right so right all right, we're gonna off track. Uh, we're gonna do a power <laughs> wheel race again with the kids in the little twelve volts. Oh, oh, that, 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 wheels. that yeah. was a big deal last year. I heard that went over pretty well. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I was in the pits, so I wasn't able to get involved with a lot of the activities during the program. There were so, there were a lot of power wheels. Well, that's good. That's we got to we're. we're don't let anybody know what we're going to be checking some of them power wheels. I, I think some people are hopping them up. And, I you know, would be. Getting a couple of them batteries, putting them in parallel or yeah. series or whatever, you know, <laughs> double the voltage. Yeah. I, I think they're getting a, a more torquey engine in them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> and then uh, our, our one of our big nights of the year is going to be the Rennie Hughes Tribute. Yes. We like to call it that's a one of our That's ra- our, our biggest night yeah. of the year, basically. Rather than a well. memorial. Memorials are kind of downer. And, uh, so I think... A tribute is a much more fitting Actually, thing I've been meaning to talk to Jerry about that, but I actually changed it on our website just, yeah. just last night, in fact, or I two saw, nights ago. I saw that. Yeah, uh, been playing around. And uh, so that that's going to be both the wing and the non-wing sprint cars. Yes. And then we will not be running uh, mods that night. We'll have late models, supers, pier stocks, and hornets. Now, last year we ran all classes plus the two extra sprint cars. Yep. So that was eight classes. That's a lot of classes. That's a and lot of laps things, on that track. Things went smoothly, and the program went in pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, boy, one little glitch, and that could have been a nightmare. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, so. No, I and, that, that, and that last year when you approached, I, I just started getting in the picture then. I was just going to mm-hmm. a few meetings. But you approached the track with this, and they were trying to fit it in somewhere, and they could not drop any classes. Because right. of the bare minimum you need with Wazoda to, to 
that's, to, to have that's, the sanctioning. So they couldn't drop. Where this year, <coughs> with, our, with our scheduling, right. we're, we're able to drop a few classes. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. the. That's one of the things that drives me yep. crazy about, like, Wazota is that you don't have very much control over your shows anymore. You can't You can't entice, like, a Skeeter ST to go run with the A-Mods, even though his lap times are better than half of them anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it just, you could do so much with the show for entertainment, and you're just not allowed to. There's so many guidelines you got to follow. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, you so. need, you know, you, you do need order to, to, to have a sanctioning body, I guess, that covers so many various mm-hmm. areas. But it does take away your local ability to tweak things. Exactly. Well, we, this like is them. something that we, we talk about because we have, we have five different Renegade series now, and that's yep. one of the... One of the yeah. things is how much do you encroach on the guidelines? You know what yep. I mean? How much do you uh, do you meddle yep. with the show? So then, anyway, go ahead uh, and continue. Well, then that brings us to Fourth of July weekend. Uh, we will not be racing that weekend. That's uh, Superior is going to be hosting their border battle mm-hmm. on Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday. So we take that Saturday off, and then in in turn they take the following Friday off, so we can run a Friday show with the fireworks. Okay. So yep. that that will be so our, nice. our fireworks show. It will be uh, July tenth. And is that, that, will, that will be all classes. Is that in conjunction with the city still? Well, yeah, I, I you know, they, they, they put on the fireworks. Yeah. And, and so that's why we want to race on that day. I think it, it just gives some people, the people in the stands a little extra thing well, to look you, forward to. The people to in that. your stands have a, have the best view of the fireworks, correct? Yeah. That's the best seat in the house for the fireworks. And that program is going to start at seven instead of our normal six thirty because it's on a Friday, give people a little bit more time sure. to, Get oh, off of work and, and chill and, off of yeah, work. Yeah, and, you know, have a nice ice cold hams and then hit the track, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hams is optional. And and that's going to be a draw redraw night so that hopefully people from out of town yep. will, will be more inclined to show up. Absolutely. Especially since uh, it's not on our regular night and, and I don't think anybody in the area will be racing that night. So mm-hmm. hopefully some out of town guys would like to come for that show. That's usually always a good one for the racetrack. And, uh, yeah, that that was the one last year with the scheduling error ended up not having fireworks, and that's why we kind of brewed up right. that Hornet Swarm just to try to, yep. you know, try. But to are, those are the kind of I mean, you learn something from that night, yep. you know. Those yep. that's and that's what that's what promoters do. They yep. think on their feet and they get stuff done. And uh, because the following day, then on the eleventh is the Hibbing Street Dance and the Hibbing Parade, okay. which the racetrack has always had a tough time because you're competing against the street dance, right? And uh, so that's why we like to race on that Friday. But I believe we're going to be hosting an enduro on that night on the 11th. Oh, there you go. On the 11th. There you go. Uh, we're going to squeeze that enduro right in between the street dance and the and the parade. So okay. people can check out everything. Right. You know. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> July 18th then, th- that's going to be a tough night for us because that's the same night Ogilvy is going to run a World Vault Law Late Model Show and mm-hmm. a Super Stock Series show. So we're going to run that night. But uh, there's going to be no lates and no supers. Mm-hmm. So one night lates and supers get off, and then on the during the Rennie race, the, the mods get off. Right. So uh, it'll be all the uh, it'll be uh, the A and B mods, pier stocks, Hornets, and sprint cars, and and, and us, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that'll be the so we're hoping night we're hoping to prove our value that night. We're excited about that. <laughs> yeah. And we might end up running that uh, Hornet special, the Hornet Swarm, we call it. Mm-hmm. We want to do that again this year. Raise up a little extra money for them guys right and i don't know it's kind of nice to give them guys a little something too well yeah i mean they, they come and support the track all year and then they don't get to run at the end of the year it's oh, well, nice they, to they, give they them did labor day this year but it did was they? just heats one day and features the next right and we weren't even going to race them but uh some some members of the association thought it'd be a good idea too uh just to help the track financially oh absolutely and, and so anyways 
July 25th is going to be the race of champions. That's going to be all classes. Uh, that that's going to be draw redraw as well as per Wizzota's rules. Mm-hmm. And actually, that that show on the 18th, uh, that you guys will be there for the second time. That yeah. that's going to be draw. I believe that's going to be draw redraw too. Hopefully, we can, you know because there's going to be a lot of classes not racing at other tracks that normally would race that night. So right. maybe they'd want to take a trip here. It, it it it's tough to try to get somebody to come out of, from out of town to race at your track knowing that they're not going to have a good shot at, at a good start. start oh, absolutely. absolutely. They know, boy, behind, you know, behind, behind to begin with. Yeah, you know, if, if I go out of town and I race at a track I've never been to, I'm going to start third row at best mm-hmm. or fourth row at best. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get attract cars. Where if it's draw, redraw, you know, they have just as much chance to start on a pole as anybody else. Exactly. So you're more inclined to get cars. And... uh <clears throat> On that race of champions night now, he, he, here's something that we're, we're doing, and, and Rapids is doing a similar thing on a few nights, but we're kind of collaborating with Ryan Aho about it, is we're having a youth hockey fundraiser race. And uh, a lot of the youth hockey kids are going to be selling pre-sale tickets to come to this event, and there's going to be some Hornets there that they're going to race, mm-hmm. that uh, the hockey moms at intermission, um, whatever hockey moms sell the most pre-sale tickets, I believe this hour... They're going to have a little race at intermission, and then we're going to have hockey celebrities race these group of Hornets right. at uh, at the end of the program. Oh, that's a super great idea. And, and and the proceeds are going to go to the youth hockey program mm-hmm. here in Hibbing, so hopefully these kids will get more involved in things, and, mm-hmm. and, and it'll work out for everybody. We're, we, as a track, on these pre-sale tickets, we're going to be making a lot less on them than a normal ticket price at the gate would bring us, mm-hmm. but hopefully by volume it'll make it up where you know they'll be able to sell more we'll get a lot more people there that yep. night and w- wouldn't it be great if you could tie that in with some sort of minnesota wild deal oh i know and get a couple of the wild my players been, my mind's been going on this and and there are some people that i would love to be able to get here as hockey celebrities to race these hornets scotty mm-hmm. sandlin would be an Scott awesome sandlin one. was one of that i thought of the coach of the umd bulldogs yep. he's a hibbing alumni Native. um adam johnson he's, he's been playing for the penguins now yep uh, He'd be great to get yeah. back, and and then uh, the Prunovich, Scotty Prunovich, playing for UMD. Yep. You know, guy, well, and even if they weren't racing, just to have them. Well, there, just to have them there signing the autographs or nuts, something. But know. I think the kids would love to see you know some of their hockey heroes driving a car. Yeah, that would be cool. But if and you know, I, I think we should be able to get some of those guys because it would be a way they could help give back to the program that they went through, and it would help them. You yeah. know, they would give something back that helped them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because Scotty Sandlin came out playing the golf, mites the and golf. squirts and peewees yeah. and everything yep. through the yeah. Hibbing Youth he Hockey Association. A player for Hibbing Hockey. And then, then, of course, he played his high school, school hockey here, and, and I believe they won a couple of state champions while he was on the team. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I believe he's got one Seven, state 72, 73 was the last time Hibbing won state, and that would have been before Sandlin's time. Hockey corner with yeah. Randy. <laughs> Where's Don Cherry when we need him? <laughs> Although he's been in hot water over, <laughs> over nothing. More ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and he accidentally bumped into somebody at the mall the wrong way, yeah. apparently. Yeah. yeah. So well, we're looking forward to that youth hockey night. And, well, and the, the greatest part of that, hopefully, is just to put your show in front of a lot of new sets of eyes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's maybe, where the true value is. Maybe someone will night, catch the bug. That's, well, that's... You know. This sport, I mean, has given so much to me, to Randy. I mean, hopefully you feel the same way. Yep. Um, and that's the saddest thing to me. That's that's why we took took action in a different way because. Well, and, and you're from such a large racing family. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the extended part of your family goes, holy yeah. mackerel! There's all the kidneys, all the vessels. There's Reed, the Reed Scott. Oh, these are. Uh, well, I mean, just those two names he said right, right away. I mean, those are yeah. those are cornerstone names. Yep. Yeah, in, I, I was Iron Range racing. Yep, I yeah. was growing. I was brought up in a huge racing family. Right, a lot of relatives that drove. Um, a lot of brothers that drove. Orv, Jay. I mean, now yep. now Tyler races. Yep. I mean, it's just Bobble, Jimmy Kittner, Bobby Kittner, Tyler. Yeah. And then the vessels. Uh, my Dave uncle, my uncle H- Hank, actually was the very first one that really? raced. He raced for like one season. That would be Steve's dad. Okay. And then uh, Steve, Dave, and Brian all raced. And then now Derek's racing. And and Derek's doing a heck of a job too. Derek's one hell of a wheel man. Very oh, smooth and consistent. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I was amazed by him all year last year because he didn't. He never looked like a threat at the beginning of the race, but the last five laps, he was always. Top yep. three, top four, if he wasn't battling for the league. Yep. And he had a hell of a postseason, too. Yeah. He did really well. So, yeah, he's he's really came around as a good good young racer. Yeah, and oh, he, he's he, matured a lot. He drove a turbine for how many years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the I think same he car. had one for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that, was, that was always the, uh, well, it wasn't a joke at TRC, but that's what Mark would always say. is like, the, he builds them too good. How are you ever going to sell anymore? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're just indestructible. They're amazing cars. They were. I mean, they, they're If I could go back there. in time, definitely I would change some things on them that probably wouldn't make them as well built of a car, but it would make it quicker to build. Yeah, and therefore you can make a more profitable deal out of it. Right. Well, and and uh, I would imagine you know, it, it, would you agree the old uh, the old adage you know if the car's a stiff car is faster, but it's harder to set up. And, and I I don't know. I don't know what to think on that. Yeah. It, it's a black magic. Nobody really understands chassis flex. I don't think. Yeah. People can have two identical cars. One works great. One doesn't. You tell me. Why. Well, I'll tell you what. I ran into a handful of sprint car drivers that tell me all about chassis flex, and I won't drive a car with an arm bar and blah blah blah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I put twenty feet of uh, inch and a quarter tubing in mine after watching some sprint car crashes, just because uh-huh. I wanted. I why aren't they built this way, right? Uh-huh. I put that in my car, and I think it works maybe better than it did before it certainly didn't change yeah. you know what i mean i think it's like you said i think there's some voodoo to all yeah. of it sometimes it's a good excuse too yeah right not many people are just gonna admit you know larry's a better driver than I. <laughs> well, that's, that's what drives all of this right is uh yeah because it, it <laughs> can't be my fault it's got to be the car i got to get a different motor so anyways yeah uh we're gonna have a rain date then for that race of champions qualifier and that youth hockey night on uh august 1st then August 8th, the weekend of that weekend, we, we aren't going to be racing because we would be competing against the St. Louis County Fair and the USA Nationals down mm. in uh, right. Cedar Lake. So, the, mm. you know, that's a tough sledding weekend there Absolutely. with the two events. So looks like we won't be racing that weekend again this year. But then we got the August 15th is our annual Hall of Fame induction night, mm-hmm. which is probably one of my favorite night of the year. I, I like, you know, I, I love the history of racing and mm-hmm. it, being able to uh, be on the committee that selects these guys for the Hall of Fame is is quite an honor. And then being able to host the induction ceremony, right. I've did the last two in Hibbing, and then uh, the guys in Rapids asked me if I'd do that one this year, so I I, I, I hosted the Rapids Hall of, their inaugural Hall of Fame induction this year. And, that's just a fun time. Well, it makes a big difference when the guy that's hosting it is as passionate about it as you are. I mean, there, there's just no way. It's like Freddie Fran. You know what I mean? He was a great announcer, not because uh-huh. he had a great voice and knew what to, uh-huh. I mean, but he was because he genuinely loved yeah. it and he loved the people in it, and that's mm-hmm. what made him great. And yeah, any, so. any leaks on the who's 
on the on the uh, possibilities well, list. I, I've got I've got people in my head. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dale Neuenschwander, I think, deserves to be in there along with uh, uh, Jerry Cabina, who's no longer with us. Uh, that's who I really was going to want to put in this year. Right. But then uh, some things came up, and uh, and I and it's I don't know how to, I, I'm stumbling for no, words. No. But <laughs> we, we have some different categories of of, of who we select. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, so we ended up uh, putting Harry Minzer in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was contacted. This is a tough story. I was contacted by Harry Minzer's son. Uh, yeah, Doug. Doug. And he told me that, you know, my, my mom, May, who was very involved in racing back mm-hmm. in the day, she she was in a nursing home, and, you know, she's way up in the years. And, boy, you know, it'd sure be nice to, if Harry could get in there while May's still alive. And, you know, I mm-hmm. thought, you know, that's true. And uh, I just and I just met Jerry Cabina. I, 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 I got some racing stuff from him about a year ago, talked racing with him and that. And, and, and he seems like he'll be around for a while. So I figured, you know what, let's get... Uh, uh, Jason, Harry Minzer. Jason Cabina. What about Jason Cabina? <laughs> Jerry Cabina's been gone a long time. Yes, I know. But you were just calling, saying that you had just got some stuff from Jerry about a year ago. It oh, had no, to have been no, Jason no, no, that you no, got no, it from. No, I'm sorry. I, um, I got the stuff from Dale Neuenschwander. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> there was, I was oh, going, okay, wait, wait a minute. So, yeah. <laughs> so I decided, I said, yeah, let's uh, let's get Harry Minzer in there. And so his wife, his wife May, would be able to get part a little of, wi- get a little wind in her sails. Part of what's wrong with the world today, in my opinion, is that we've lost the latitude to do exactly what you just did, where you make a decision that, well, it might not be fair or whatever, but mm-hmm. you you made a decision because it's the right thing to do, and and it made somebody happy, and yeah, yep. you know across the board, you know. Our kids don't hear, you know, tough, life's tough, that's the way it is, deal with it mm-hmm. enough. Yep. And, you know, people don't have that latitude to make, you know, decisions. That, I mean, that, and that's part of what's missing not in ev- racing. Is not we, everything has to follow black and white rules. You got it. Exactly. You got it. So, you know, yeah. Do something because it's right, and not it was, just because it's it, fair or yep. whatever. And it's, after talking with Doug, I figured, you know what, let's get Harry in there for yeah. May's sake mainly. Mm-hmm. And and Doug really appreciated it too. That, that meant a lot to him. And unfortunately, Doug passed away about a month ago. Oh, of out of the clear blue, unexpected, passed away. So, you know, not only did we get Harry Minsger in there for his wife, but we got him in there for his son Doug too. Yeah, you know. Wow, that's the, that, is, and that was he, crazy when I heard that. He's in in Rapids too, right? Yep, he, he got in at both tracks yeah. this year. And you know, there there's been a lot of animosity in the past between people, between racers and promoters and mm-hmm. associations yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and and. And some people still carry that animosity. And mm-hmm. but you you know what the bottom line is: the Hall of Fame isn't for. It's for who contributed to the sport. Yes. Now I don't care if you're an association or a volunteer or a promoter doing it for money. Did you do something for the sport? And you damn right, Harry Minzer did a lot for the sport. Now there were a lot of people aren't happy with some of the things he did, <laughs> but that's their own personal issues. But there were some people who who supported him too. Well, know? and look oh, yeah. at what you're going through right now, being part of the, the Hibbing Racing Association where, I mean, are you, do you feel like you're judged, you know, completely fair across the board oh. based on your actions? Of course uh, not. You I, know, so I then could, guys, there's two sides to every story. You I know? could tell you a story, but I won't, but it really upset me. Some stuff that was said to me this year mm-hmm. about favoritism and this and that. Mm-hmm. And we we're doing the best we can. Absolutely. And that's, and, and, uh, I talk with my group all the time about the benefit of the doubt. 
you know, the it's, benefit of the doubt says, would this, would it be in, in Hibbing's best interest really to, to, for this to actually yeah, be the to, case? To screw a guy of over? Of course not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But nobody, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I'm mad. So yeah. yeah, we wait all week just so we can make a bad call well, it on a guy. It's, 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 yeah, it gives out. us our jollies. <laughs> no, right. you know, it just sometimes no matter what decision's made, mm-hmm. somebody's going to be mad. Absolutely. But a decision has to be made. But anyways, uh, being able to host a Hall of Fame night. That, that, that's a that, that's a that's a great thing. I love doing oh, that. That's it's awesome. Uh, and then Randy asked this year, and uh, um, Dale Neuenschwander, and he was partners with Jerry Cabina. They were they were promoters together, and uh, so I would like to get those two guys in mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and I think they should go together because they were partners together in it. Mm-hmm. They actually. That's cool. <clears throat> Hibbing started racing on a weekly basis in 1952, and it lasted till the the late 50s and then the tracks had idle for several years and jerry cabina is the one who got racing up and running again and, and for about uh, maybe a decade him and jerry cabina operated the track as promoters and then they sold their operations to uh, don mohawk and harry minzger yeah so you know those guys did a lot to get racing wow back on its feet and and this is a while ago, so a lot of people aren't aware of it, right. I guess. But I think they're duly noted to, for getting in as being in one of our categories of people who help basically put on the show. Yeah. And the history of that racetrack is unbelievable anyways. Oh, the, the things that David has on his website, David Hill. Um, <laughs> unbelievable yeah, stuff. Uh, the I'm, old, old school stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's uh, this... This Hibbing was was like an Indianapolis. I mean, yeah. at one time, yeah. you know, it just, it, it's it's not what it used to be. I'll admit, mm-hmm. but there's a heck of a lot of competition out there this, these days, and and it's it's tough to spend an eternity when you have full time jobs. Yeah, and this this is gonna sound really really dreameristic of me to say, but you know, in my opinion, it's uh, as long as there's people that still believe believe in it and believe in what it was and don't forget about mm-hmm. where it came from and, and mm-hmm. the people that helped get it there, then it's not over. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. like, we're not talking like, well, the, you know, rest in peace, hitting speedway. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. not. No, as it, long as you got people. It, it can get there. As long as you got people there willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, like the, that grandstands, when that grandstands was new, that must have been beautiful. Oh, it must have been I, something. I mean, that was a huge asset. That's something, yeah. Now, it's not so much. It's more of a liability because mm-hmm. it's so old, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of issues. It's hard, tough to keep up with. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Grand Rapids, and they got a simple set of aluminum bleachers. Basically, mm-hmm. it's nothing fancy, but you know what? You don't have to do nothing to them. They'll they'll be there for many many years of virtually no maintenance. Right. So, so you know the the grandstand situation. You'd never be able to replace what Hibbing has. So why don't but it's tough to maintain? Why don't you guys have uh, like concerts or do stuff in the wintertime? Or I mean, is there? You know, I'm not. Definitely not to cut on anybody that's uh-huh. uh, that's there. I know you guys are 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 doing a great job with what you uh-huh. were given to work with, but I mean, is that ever a consideration to try other things? You know, well, it's with tough that? with no running water in the winter. That's a big obstacle to doing any winter stuff. Is you're not going to have running water, right? You I know, suppose, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good, good point. It just, it, it's the fact that it's a volunteer association. You can do all that stuff, but you're not going to make, mm-hmm. you're going to put in a lot of work, but there's no incentive because you're not, you're not going to make any money. You're going to try to generate money for the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is some stuff that is done like that, but the amount of people willing to pitch in the, has gotten less and less over the years. So. Is uh, able, a, able bodies, I guess. If a promoter came along, would, would the association, uh, 
I mean, would it go through the association? I mean, because the because the the city owns the racetrack. The city right? owns the track. The association rents the track from the city. If a promoter wanted to come and run the races at Hibbing for profit, uh, I don't know what would happen. Okay. I mean, I wonder if a guy if you could even do it through the association or whatever. I mean, that's a it's all very interesting. I mean, uh, but I can tell you firsthand from from going to the meetings. Um, that and I would encourage all of the renegades and all of uh, uh, anybody who cares at all or has ever cared about the Hibbing Hibbing Raceway to get involved. Um, you know, there's none of these tracks. I mean, you can go, uh, you know, pick a place. You know, you can look at you, you can point out well, it was Otis' fault or it's not or whatever. But all of these people or all of these things have been staffed with with people that have they're doing they're doing their best and. Uh, um, but like the Hibbing Raceway in particular needs, I mean, it needs support. It needs help. And You know, and some of the things that have hurt the track over the years, losing the St. Louis County Fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, when absolutely. the fair showed up in town. That was a huge hit. Yeah. They actually, there used to be a Thursday night special race during yep. the fair. There were two nights of racing during the St. Louis actually, County Fair. They, well, the Thursday and the Saturday. They yep. actually added a third one. I know when Jeff Nichols was president, I look on some of the old schedules in the early 90s, they actually ran Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I believe. Oh, wow. Or it might have been Thursday, Friday. No, Wednesday, yep. Thursday, Saturday. They were taking advantage of all those people there that would yeah, be yeah. inclined well, to go you? to the racetrack. Right. So losing plus, that is hurt. Plus, during the time of the fair, they had the beer garden open. Yes, yep. And that and just was, the atmosphere of the fair. I remember going there early, unloading the car, walking through the fair, having a Euro or whatever, oh, yeah. and then after the races, walking through the fair again. You know, the, the atmosphere was unmatched. That's mm-hmm. not there anymore, so that hurt. Uh, losing Freddie Fran, mm-hmm. the voice of Hibbing Raceway. Mm-hmm. I think the voice of racing in the North. Yeah, no kidding. He was a huge, huge loss. Yeah. You know, the announcer we have now, Mark Fleischer, I think does a great job. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you are, it's it's tough to replace Fred. I'll tell that at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, he's got big yeah. he got big shoes to follow if you're going to follow be an announcer. Yeah. Um, the, the, you remember the big green domes off the back stretch? Mm-hmm. They tore them down a few years <laughs> yep. ago. There's nothing <laughs> special about them. But, you know, <laughs> everybody had nicknames for them. Oh, the Hibbing yeah. Raceway tits. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They, were, they, they were kind of the identity, weren't they? When oh, you absolutely. thought of Hibbing Raceway, you thought of those. You, the Hibbing Raceway lost a little of their identity well, when they lost those. You know, as a Boy Scout Hill in the background, is that what it's called? Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean, with that, and then, of course, yeah, the, the yep. green buildings. and yep. No, it's, uh, everything changes, and that's not necessarily bad, yep. but, uh, but no, I would encourage everybody. Um, it's, when are your meetings? They're the, the third The third Wednesday. Wednesday of every month. Okay. And, uh, I mean, just, even just show your support for this group. Um, show them that we're that we are out there and we and we want to help. And, and and you guys, you know, coming over and racing the sprint cars a couple times this year, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, no, know. thank you so much for that. We that, uh, that show last year went over really really well for us. So that and isn't new membership meeting coming up next month? January, uh, January meeting is when you can new members can join the association. January. And then and you have you you can if you join the association, you show up at some of the meetings, you get more of an idea of what's going on and what decisions are made and why you know everybody likes to complain oh this track they're doing this why that's stupid well you know there's there's two sides to every story Absolutely. maybe the reason why the track is doing something you don't agree with is because something you haven't even thought of or considered yep. you know yeah exactly so getting involved and then you have a say you can vote on different things you know mm-hmm. and so you have a say so you feel more part of the i would uh if if nothing else came of of any of this if if we could bring 10 new people in um, or, or people that, uh, have an opinion and, and, 
want their opinion known and want to help. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. there's we're always looking for more help. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is what this is what local racing needs, though, is is people to show that they care about it mm-hmm. and they want to see it. Yep. And and you know, a lot of people have a lot of good ideas, and that's great. And but you got hands them. to do the yep. those you ideas. See them you need yep. the people, and the people we have there now. We're pretty tapped out, especially on a race day. We're oh, running absolutely. around chickens with our heads cut off. The last thing Mike Olson needs is something else to do on a race night. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. So if there's more people able to that want to say, hey, you know what? I'll help with this or I'll take care of that. And th- that's where it definitely helps. Yep. Okay, get back to the schedule quickly. I want to run through this so I get this done with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so our Hall of Fame nights are going to be on the 15th, one of the best nights of the year that I like. Uh, our season championship then is going to be August 20, the 22nd of August. Uh, we're going to have kids bike races that night i believe or we might have the bike races on the first that's still undecided but uh and then we're the last regular saturday of august we're taking that night off because uh, ogilvy is going to run a special that night uh so they're not going to run labor day and we're not going to run that night just like we did last right. year kind of made an agreement with them mm-hmm. so we're i believe we're going to be hosting an enduro that night and then that right. leads us to the labor day shootout uh, that was that. That is going to be September fifth and sixth, which hopefully will start to regain some of the prestige that it once had. As it sounds like a lot of the Labor Day shows are dropping off the map, and uh, you guys have got some really cool format ideas that uh, that I heard tossed around at the last meeting. And if you'd like to know what they are, then show up at the meeting and you'll know. There you go, Kaylee. So, <laughs> you know, last year's Labor Day, we the the bright sun, the early start time really killed the track, and so a lot of the time was wasted on track prep, and people mm-hmm. were complaining, why are you were all watering so much? Well, if you don't, then they're going to be complaining that it's rubbered up. Right. So it, right. it's, it's, a it's double damned you, if you do, damned if yes, you don't. But exactly. we definitely, the show took too long, and then uh, the second day, the weather was overcast and cool, mm-hmm. and they almost put too much water. They, they actually put way less water on the track the second day, mm-hmm. but since it was cool and overcast it didn't evaporate right and the track was almost too muddy to race on right away right. but it ended up being perfect track conditions for yeah, most you know, of the, the old night. days that's kind of how it yep. was right you you almost kind of ran in mud well if you're mud if the heat races are muddy the features are usually good right. yeah. Yeah. and it's too bad because a lot of people left because i think they're upset to the first night because the show took so yeah. long and right. I, I wished maybe if we could have swapped the weather right and, and the you first day it. was like the second day yeah. i think i think that's everybody would have stayed there the second day but we're going to do something to change things up to try to make that program quicker the greatest thing that of all that 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 you pointed out was that you're paying attention to what the fans want because we as racers have no problem telling you what we want and what Mm -hmm. we think you should do but you know like you said this is the entertainment and those fans are what generated that's what's keeping us from all being a bunch of hillbillies in a field somewhere you know (laughs) and well we're still just hillbillies in a field we're just yeah but with a grandstand and people watching so but there have been a lot of good ideas brought up that we're going to probably follow through with for our labor day shootout to Mm -hmm. to make to spice it up a bit and but we definitely got to make it less torturous for the fan in the stands Mm -hmm. yes and so the program itself has to be quicker and some people might not care for what we probably are going to do, but it's got to be as, done. As we, long as they're not like a uh, uh, thousand fans, then, <laughs> then I think you're in good shape. We, we need to make the fans happy. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Some of the racers might not be happy, maybe, I guess, yep. is what I'm saying. Well, that's, and some of them might be because it depends on who you talk to. Some of the people we ran these ideas across were like, heck yeah, I like that. And we're like, really? We didn't think you would. One so. of the worst things that happened at all, I mean, all the specials now, um, is that they run so late and mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, you and get bored of the racing. It's that there's no time to, to 
have the fire and Pe- sit around and people, drink a beer and enjoy your yeah. Yeah, people they got their campers there for a reason. Yeah, and they got a fire pit out front for a reason. They want to have a fire, sit back, have a nice cold hams. Because <laughs> <laughs> what else would you do? Yeah, no kidding. Are you still trying for that ham sponsor money? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, locked down. Yeah. Come on, if it's not at this point. It's never gonna happen. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much our schedule, I guess. Oh well, that's no. It and, might a few things might change here and there, but. Well, well, yeah, it's still early, so yeah. It's what's good is that there is a schedule, and yes, that uh, you guys are moving forward. And it's, I mean, I haven't been around the Hibbing Raceway for a long time, and of course, you know, the last couple of years it's been, you know, with the sprint car deal. Um, but the reason that I would come to more than just the meetings that related to sprint cars is because I I care about racing and I care about these people. I mean, all of these people. Um, you know, the people that we've mentioned are during this, the people that are trying to help, um, racing. And this is what I realized with, with the sprint car racing was, you know, for all the things that have changed, all the people and all the things that we love are still there. They're just covered up. They're just like the race cars, you know, they're all covered up and, mm-hmm. and you know, we, everybody still wants to interact. They still want to be friends. They still want their, the genuine good people are still there. And if you, you know, if you go to some of these meetings, you, you meet a lot of them trying really hard to, uh, to get these things back on their feet. I mean, it happened in rapids and they had a rejuvenation and, and that's what we'd love to see happen in hibbing again. You know, this has nothing to do with sprint cars or late models or any of that. It has to do with the people and, and their will and, and their understanding of the business. And, and, but it all starts with that basic love and those people are still around. Yeah. I just wish we had more, yeah, more involved absolutely. people. But you know, but there's a reason. I, to be I wish I was now. retired so I could spend a lot more time doing this. Mm-hmm. But working full time plus working on the side plus trying to keep race cars on the track, it's tough to <laughs> devote a lot of time towards helping run the racetrack. Absolutely, right? absolutely. But you know, if if we all take a little a little piece, you know, maybe we can. I you just you like I said, Rapids. You've seen you know turn around a lot um yeah you know, there's the, a renewed the, the energy group, there and if the we can group get of guys doing stuff over there yeah and if we can get that renewed energy at the at the hibbing raceway you know there's like i said that's that's the hope's not dead you know the fire's still burning the schedule's still worth talking about mm-hmm. um you know there's exciting stuff and i know that there's going to be at least five uh five young men that are going to be and probably and maybe one or two young ladies that are going to be uh excited to roll through the uh historic hibbing gates with a uh or you know, yeah, I was gonna have it all lettered up like Northern Renegades, and I said no, that'll they've got to do it themselves, right? So it probably won't be quite as nice as uh, as Snert's car, but uh, <laughs> but it'll, but they'll be they'll be proud of it because they'll have done it. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe they'll get that appreciation too. So it's gonna be a little hard to copy the Snert car. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole, the whole I was accused of I was accused of that car being all vinyl. When I, after I got done lettering it, I put it on a hand. There's a hand lettered race car page on facebook yep. so I, I posted pictures of, of the car and I some weed on there went and called the Keyboard moderator cowboy. yeah and the moderator ended up getting a hold of me and i had to basically prove that it was hand lettered which is tough to because <laughs> you have to I, scratch it <laughs> i had to take odd angle pictures to show them brush strokes in the in the lights oh, and wow. you know normally you're trying to hide that stuff yeah. right so yeah, the guy, great, the guy, great lengths to, to now you gotta now yep. you gotta find him. The guy was accusing me of it not being. He said it was obviously not hand lettered. Well, <laughs> obviously that guy. I uh, took that as a compliment. Right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But Mark is his own computer. Yep. <laughs> well, this oh, has been oh, the Renegades oh. on Dirt podcast. 
And thanks a lot, Mark, for joining us well, tonight. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. We're going to have you back on um, one when you're not under uh, under such duress. I mean, yeah, and, my and, mind's and a little like sidetracked. Right well, now. and like I said, I mean, uh, you know, with all all due respect, I mean, we'll 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 all be praying and pulling for you guys, and we know, and you know, we they helped me through the stuff with my mom and I know all the prayers go a long way. So, so hopefully it can do the same for you, but, um, you know, someday when uh, we can be a little more upbeat with everything and, uh, and maybe get to, maybe we can even get snert in studio if we're lucky. I, uh, I can try getting him up here for one of them. Hey, that might be hey, possible. You know, nothing else. We can get him on the phone. You know, he, he, he has been really busy. No, he, he was helping Rayburn. Does, does he the, do interviews period or not really? Well, he did an interview with the newspaper, the yeah. the Labor Day edition of the Hipping okay. Daily Tribune. There was an article yeah. that Snert interviewed. You should read it sometime. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to have to look it up yeah. now. He's uh, helping Gigolo Chassis, trying to get them back on the map again. So he's oh, down boy. in Georgia helping them Them guys. Uh, yeah. ra- he, he was helping Rayburn, then Rayburn decided Fulton. You've seen where Rayburn yeah. was going to sell yeah. out. So, yeah. yeah, they parted on good terms. So then he ended up uh, getting contacted by Gigolo Chassis. He, Watch out in a few years. I think you're going to see those rockets and longhorns getting passed by Gigolo. Gigolo. Yep. <laughs> that snurt knows his stuff. He's, uh, he is something, yeah. <laughs> well, we would love, and you, you from from the Renegade on Dirt podcast, you let snurt know that we uh, he's welcome anytime you want to Open invitation. Huh? Absolutely. Okay. Blow through the door of our luxurious Hibbing, Minnesota studio. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> that place. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, it thanks it was, for your time. It was fun, and uh, I'll be running into you. Awesome, awesome. Cool. We'll see you at the uh, at the monthly meeting. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're gonna head on out of here now. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks again. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, uh, Kaylee. Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, has been a park edition tradition for seventy five years. Stop in and check out their signature Donato Burger. Absolutely yeah, mouth watering. They got bone in and boneless hot wings. Beer on tap and twelve big screen TVs to watch the games on. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, it doesn't matter. You're going to catch every shot, touchdown, and goal. Don't forget, check out their daily rotating specials. That's Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, a park edition tradition for 75 years. Palmer's Tavern. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Palmer's Tavern. Old World Meats in Hermantown, Minnesota brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender, everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors. They keep rotating through the flavors. It's hard to keep track of them. My favorite, barbecue honey. Honey barbecue, however you want to say it. Absolutely to die for snack sticks. Old World Meats down in Hermantown, Minnesota. The Residual family making beef products for 75 years. Thanks a lot to Old World Meats. Hey, are you feeling a little run down? Need a little pick-me-up? Got to get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day? Grab yourself a Liquid Nitro Herbal Energy Shooter. Comes in a variety of flavors, a little three-ounce size. Going to give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16-ounce can. A variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line, and that's noble. This has been the Renegades on Dirt, and we will catch you again 
Next week, as we come to you with Paul Schultz, he'll be in studio talking with us. And we will catch you then. Have a great night. Thanks.